House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Hi and welcome to my show this evening and I really am honoured today to be interviewing somebody who is so charismatic and I've had the pleasure to interview before, um, albeit as a co-host with um, now producer Al. And um, her name is Crystal Madison, and she's known as the Witch of Sleepy Hollow. And last time I interviewed uh, Crystal with Al, um, she was explaining to us about her, her beliefs and um, the ideology and, and principles behind being a witch, and it was absolutely fascinating. So thank you, Crystal, for agreeing to be interviewed by me again. I'm, I'm absolutely humbled. Thank you for having me again. I'm honoured. So for the purpose for those those people listening who missed the last interview or may not be familiar with, with yourself, um, tell us a little bit about all of the things that you do because you're you're a medium, you you're a witch, you talk about paganism um, on your website, you've you clearly support people with um, communicating with um, those that have passed over. And you, you and you're called the psychic for those who don't usually go to psychics. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, I think that when most people think of psychic, um, they think of that shop along the street that has the flashing neon palm. And they think yeah. of, you know, some things they've seen in movies with the, the craziness going on. And um, my approach is very, very different from that. Um, I'm very down-to-earth. I'm very direct. I don't hold back in the messages that I get um, and the things that I see. And um, I always have plenty of tissues <laughs> for the readings. And um, I'm a hugger, too. I mean, I've, I've been known even at festivals to get up from my chair and go over and hug the person because I could actually feel the energy coming off of them and that, or that they're about, you know, they're ready to cry. It's not always about, you know, when somebody says, well, how much do you charge for a reading? I don't have money. And I said, he said, but I bake. I'll make you a pie. And I said, fine. I've taken chickens. <laughs> I've taken Hi, so I'm not your usual, you know, I'm not the psychic that, you know, that most people would think like, there's no, um, there's no crystal ball, there's nothing crazy going on when someone comes to see me. It's very, a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, you know, my office is all earth tones and, you know, there's, there's nothing crazy. No, no skulls, no, nothing like that. So, um, that's in my house. <laughs> I keep that to my house, but, um, in my office it's just not that way. I mean, my, my goal is to make the client as comfortable as they can possibly be. I love that because, um, you know, that is so relaxing for people, isn't it? When they're normally, when they come to a medium um, or a psychic looking for resolve or peace or some sort of finality and, and um, settlement in terms of being able to move forward and normally in quite a state of, of trauma. And then when somebody goes in and finds all these kind of, I suppose, ornaments associated with paranormal paraphernalia it, it right. just makes a little bit of maybe of a mockery of what we do right right no so, i you know i mean my my focus is the client that comes to me oftentimes it's somebody's first time believe it yeah. or not you would think by now that so many people have gone to see a psychic or have gone to see a medium and that is definitely not the case and i also acknowledge that many times if they're coming to see a psychic, whether it's me or it's somebody else, 
um, they either have issues that are unresolved within themselves or with somebody who passed on and they didn't get that closure. So I, I do try to be mindful, excuse me, mindful of that and um, try to help the client resolve those issues, um, whether it be by a message that comes through that puts them at ease or, you know, or, or they had a question that they came with and here it comes through and answers that. It could be it could be in the strangest way too. I had a woman in front of me one time where I said, "You know, I'm seeing casinos and I'm seeing doves around the casinos." And she just started crying. And she said, oh, "Well, my husband's symbol right before he died. He said I will send you a dove." And she was supposed to go to the casino with her girlfriend and with him, and then he had passed on. And she felt guilty about going on to the casino without him. So that was his way of saying, "Just do it. Just go. Don't feel guilty. Live your life. Move on. I'm fine." So it's. I got goosebumps just you telling that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's about the clients, about making them comfortable. I'm not about you know putting on a show or trying to have as many oddball things in my sphere as possible. You know, in the office, they walk in and they're going, "Oh my god, <laughs> you know, what is she into?" So just uh, very relaxed and comfortable energy. So you you when you do a reading, how do you? receive the information because many mediums will describe this in a very different way and I describe it as a thought that comes in that you then make sense of but how, how do you describe that? Oftentimes it comes as a thought you're absolutely right um, the easiest way for spirit as you will you know for, for them to communicate is telepathically yeah so a lot of times it'll come in as a thought sometimes um, there are symbols uh, yeah. Not, there's a story about that too. Sometimes they're symbols. I'm also a physical medium, so if if the person sitting in front of me has an ailment, or the person who has passed that's communicating passed away from some kind of condition, I'll actually begin to feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If with emphysema, I'll start coughing, and I, I'm having a hard time breathing. If there mm-hmm. was impact or trauma to the head, I'll start. I'll feel it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's. Some, it's all about interpretation, too, especially when, when you're being shown symbols. I mean, for example, I had another client in front of me, uh, and I kept seeing the, the castle for Disney. And I kept seeing in front of that castle, you know how in the, the Disney movies, they'll say Walt Disney Productions, but there's that Disney font. And I kept yeah. seeing the name Woody. So I assumed Disney World. <laughs> and she's insisting I've never been to Disney. There's no connection to Mickey Mouse. And I said, you know what? Okay, I'm, this, is, this is exactly what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the castle for Disney, and I'm seeing someone write the name Walt in Disney font. And she says, my husband's name was Walt. So yeah. sometimes, you know, it's like seeing spiritual charades. You know? So if they're not giving it to you telepathically and you're seeing the imagery, you have to try to interpret that imagery. And sometimes it's impossible because it's not personal to you. I mean, you're just, you're just a messenger. So you're trying to relay this message, and at the same time you're trying to interpret it, and you don't know what the heck it means, and it's, it's personal to the person sitting in front of you. So sometimes you just have to say, this is what I'm seeing. I don't know what it means, but this is what I'm seeing. And it makes perfect sense to them. I remember um, a time, Crystal, where I, I stood at the front of a, a spiritualist church, early days for me, and it was one of my first ever appearances at a, a, a spiritualist church. And I'm not particularly, I, I am I'm religious in my own way, but I... I'm not really quite sure about many, many different things. I've got lots of questions. So 
I was um, I was at the front and I was asking spirits to give me information. And we have a cartoon over here called Postman Pat. Hmm. And all I kept seeing was this Postman Pat and his van. And I was, so I was putting that out to the audience and, and nothing was coming back. And I really was dying a death like a, a really poor comedian. And I asked spirit, look, I said, this is not good enough. I, I cannot do this. I don't know what you're talking about. And they showed me a picture of me opening up a gas bill that morning. Um, yeah. and, and I said to the audience, OK, who's got British gas? And, and this, this gentleman in the audience said, well, that's me. I, I got that letter this morning. I said, well, what's relevant about the letter? He said, well, I don't actually get a gas supply. I said, OK, who's Pat? He said, oh, that's my son. So I had Post, I had Man, and I had Pat. So I had the whole cartoon, but actually the way that was given to me to get to that one gentleman in the audience was crazy. And it I, is. Yeah, that, that's how some I, of the complexities, isn't it, of, of what we do and trying to make sense of information. No, absolutely. I, I, just recently I had a friend, um, two friends, and they, they usually call me on three-way every morning. And um, they, they both had a friend named, named Sean who passed away, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Sean that morning, and his name is, was spelled S-H-A-W-N. So he said, yeah. you know, I really feel his presence around, and, and, and you know, if he, if he, if Sean, if you're here, please give us a sign. At that moment, I called with one of my ministers, um, whose name is Sean. <laughs> on three-way, I said, I have my, you know, I have my friend Sean on the phone. He's, a minute, he's one of my ministers. Um, and they completely freaked out. And they said, how is your name spelled? And he said, S-H-A-W-N. And they're like, oh, my God. So they do have, they have very unique ways of, of getting their message across. Um, sometimes they're startling. You know, it's right there. There's no denying it. You know that's a message. And then there are times where it's more subtle. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Really interesting, isn't it? And you cannot explain. I was talking to somebody. I was being interviewed myself, actually, for a on a radio show the other day, and I was trying to explain that one of the critiques with mediumship is that we are trying to make sense of information that is given, and as human beings, we try and almost humanize it and, and make sense of it when actually we just need to give what we're being given. And that's really yeah. hard for us because we want to put it into a context because we're trying to evidence the existence of and the validity of what we're, we're giving. Um, but actually, sometimes that can really backfire if we think about it too much. Right. Right. So you've I, well, I mean, there was a time in my life where I completely denied the gifts that I had, and I, I, I didn't want it. <laughs> right. Um, and oftentimes they, they, they don't stop. Whether you want it or not, if they know you can hear them or they can, you know, or you're sensitive, they're going to keep coming. Yeah. And it would be in the most awkward situations or the most inappropriate times. Um, and I finally just said, you know, I, I'm, I, you're not going to leave me alone. <laughs> I as well just, you know, do something about this and just sort of embrace who I am. Yeah, it's, um, I've, I've got a day job and, and then the mediumship as well, and, and it is really difficult trying to know when you move from one to the other in terms mm-hmm. of career-wise. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, you know what you're meant to be doing. You know that you've, you've been given a gift for a reason, but it's about mm-hmm. timing and when you make that full-time kind of um, vocation, I, I, I suppose. Just thinking about something you said just now, you talked about one of your ministers, and I read on your um, website that you're an ordained minister. So what yes. does that mean? T- tell me about that. 
I am an ordained minister with the Trinacrian Rose Church in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, I am legally allowed to perform weddings, hand blessings, funerary rites, um, naming ceremonies, which are the equivalent of our baptisms. It's a non-denominational church. Um, I also make visits to the local hospitals for those who are sick. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what ministry is. It's service. And what does the title of high priestess mean? It talks. You talk about being high priestess of the order of Corvin. What, what does that mean? Um, I am high priestess of, it's actually a family order. It's House Corvin. I am the head of House Corvin. Um, I was also initiated high priestess into Raven's Wing Coven in upstate New York. Um, high priestess is somebody who leads a coven or leads um, a type of religious or spiritual um, order or group. It's basically a calling. Uh, you know, you hear a service, you hear a call to service. If you answer it, and, you know, the purpose is to serve. So a high priestess is a teacher, a high priestess is a counselor, a high priestess is a minister in their own way. Um, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's yeah, phone sure. calls at 3 a.m. It's, you know, people showing up at your door unannounced who need help. And it's, it's really, there is a bit of a difference from, from being a minister and a high priest or high priestess, um, only in being that ministry is recognized by the state. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it's, it's almost the same thing. Okay, okay. So it's, I just find it all fascinating, and I, I mean that completely. So what I want to, what I want to um, find out a little bit more about is normally – when I talk to people, I can ask them, you know, what are those early experiences that lead you to, to where you are? But um, when I was thinking about this interview earlier on this afternoon, the one question that came to me was, because I'm sure there are many um, experiences you've had, but the single and the earliest experience that has led you to your current place of being, Crystal? My earliest experience? Yeah, and I, I don't know why I've been asked to word that question in the way that I have, but that's how the question I, I, came. In terms so, of, of being a medium or? At, well, to, to where you are today, so so spiritually where you are today. So the single earliest experience that led you to your current place of being, wherever you think that might be. Ooh, um, it's quite a hard question, but I, 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 it came to me earlier and, I, and you I needed to ask you it. That's, that's a great question. Um, well, I was I was born into a family of witches. Uh, well, not just witches, but Native Americans. Um, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts—they were all Santeros, which they, they practiced Santeria. And my grandfather was Mohegan, Mohegan Indian, and uh, my grandmother on my father's side was Hungarian Gypsy. Mm-hmm. So um, I was also made to go to church. <laughs> I uh, I was baptized, I made communion, I made confirmation, I actually almost became a nun. Right. Um, all of you, I'm sorry? I oh, just I said, oh, that's, that's, that, you know, surprised me, actually. Yeah, and um, all I knew was I wanted to serve. And yeah. I was very conflicted. Um, I mean, I was, I was taught at home, and then I was made to go to church. 
and there were things I would see and there were things I would experience even as a child that I, I was really confused about. And instead of going to my family, I went to church to try to find the explanations and, and the answers often were, well, let's, let's, you know, bless you with holy water. Or it, it wasn't really an answer. So what ended up happening, um, I, I don't know how old I was. Uh, I, I fell asleep one night. It was in the summer. And there was, you know, no fan in the room. It was really, really hot. I had the window cracked open, and I was sleeping above the covers. And I hated, <laughs> this I'm still a night owl because of it, I hated going to bed at night because the moment the lights went off in my room or everybody went to sleep, the house came alive. Right. And and this this was, this. I mean, this happened as far back as I can remember, just even as a small child. And but this one particular night, um, I had just started falling asleep. I was sleeping above the covers. My feet were hanging off the bed. And I could feel something in the room, and I chose to try to ignore it and just go to sleep instead. And as I, I was just on the borderline of sleep, and I could actually feel the fingers wrap around my ankles. Something grabbed my ankles and yanked me halfway off the bed. How scary. It was terrifying. <laughs> and to this day... I cannot sleep without my feet covered. I can't sleep without a comforter. I will never sleep above the blankets. I'll never, you know, there's always some sort of light on. Um, so I would say that was probably my earliest experience that, that brought me to where I am now. Um, I mean, as young as nine, I was studying parapsychology when my friends were outside playing. I, I had my nose in books. I was, I was doing my research because there were things I was seeing that I couldn't explain that I was too scared to talk about. So <laughs> I took it, you know, in my own hands, into my own hands and tried to find the answers myself. And when I realized that I was able to see things that other people weren't able to see or feel things other people couldn't feel or, you know, hear things other people couldn't hear, my, my own spiritual journey between the church and what I was learning at home, mm. um, I felt more comfortable it was just embracing all of it as opposed to having to choose just one. So the work I do today, I mean, I'm not just the psychic, you know, for people who don't usually go to psychics, I'm not your typical witch either. There are many in the pagan community who are angry, um, especially when it comes to Christianity or Catholicism because of the history between, you know, those three religions. Yeah. Um where I choose to just embrace people for who they are and not for what they believe religiously. I mean, at my gatherings, I have gatherings where others who are not part of my order are welcome to come. I have two Jehovah Witnesses that sneak out, and I'm not giving up their names, but they come. I have Catholics who come. I have Christians who come. I have, I, and they don't have to participate. Yeah. They just sit there and watch, but they're there to just enjoy themselves. And they're just to be you know, fellowship or community, regardless mm -hmm. of the, you know, the spiritual practices. So um, I also get along very well with Satanists. I get along very well with many traditions of Wiccans. Um, yeah. And I know my place. You know, I, I'm not an initiate. I, I do belong to a temple that is primarily Wiccan, but I am a member of the Board of Trustees. And they do try to get me to come to ritual, and I 
always refused very politely. <laughs> and I, you know, when they asked me why, I said, I'm not Wiccan. Yeah. He said, well, that doesn't matter. He said, it does. It does matter. I don't want, I don't want anybody to be confused. Yeah. I'm here, you know, I'm here to be, to help the temple grow and flourish, and that's what I'm doing. Hey, honey. That's my little one in the background. Oh. So how does your, your family see what you do? I mean, you said, you, you know, you're clearly, historically, um, older generations, this is completely a normal um, experience for them. But what about, I mean, we just heard your, your little one in the background. How will you manage spirituality with your, your own children? Um, fluidly. I don't, I, I get that question a lot, like how do you manage doing what you do and raising a family, like how do you turn one off and turn one on? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I am a witch every day. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not running around town in a black pointed hat. I do typically wear nothing but black, but um, mainly because that's just my favorite color. But, you know, I don't, I just incorporate everything. My mother is actually horrified that I'm a public witch because she's, you know, she's 73 years old. And, you know, she's of the belief that you hide what you are. Yeah. And I, I said to her, it's not that way anymore. Okay, and it's really important that others are not afraid to come out and be who they are. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I'm out there in the public. And that's why I put myself out there. My children think it's really cool. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they've seen some things happen that they're like, I didn't know you could do that, you know. But, um, you know, I mean, they, they participate in, in the gatherings. They, the festivals that I host or that I attend, they usually come. Uh, my oldest daughter is learning to read the pendulum. Um, I don't force anything on them. I let them make their own decisions. I have two children who decided to be Catholic. Um, you know, I, I exposed him to many different religions and cultures. I mean, there's a Buddhist monastery not that far from me. Um, I've taken him there. I've taken him to Baptist churches. I've taken him to Catholic churches. I've taken him to um, pagan festivals. I mean, they've seen, you know, they've seen every type of culture that, they, that I can expose them to. Um, and I, you know, I let them make their own decisions. So they understand when that call comes in at three in the morning. They know what that's about. They know what the festivals are about. Um, and they, I, I really, I just, I don't, I don't take one hat off and put another one on. I am who I am all the time. So, uh, and they, they love, they, they accept it and they love it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, at the end of the day, if, if you're not true to yourself, you're, you're going to come into a whole lot of problems. So Definitely, and I think there is something quite unusual about um, families around mediums because there is an accepting. And mm -hmm. certainly when, you know, I was in my early 30s when my mediumship came full on to the point where I could, the information I gave was so accurate you couldn't, you couldn't distinguish it. You, you couldn't say it was anything else other than mediumship. So right. um, when I actually sort of said to my children, I know I'm a medium and this is what I'm going to be doing, they were, oh, okay. It was absolutely a normal part of the day-to-day -day life. It, there, was, there was never a question over it. 
And the only time that my, my children have ever, ever commented on it is when they've seen me on stage doing something or, and they've said, actually, you look, you look and you read a bit like John Edwards when you do that, or you, you do this, or you, it's just the way we get information and we present it to people. Um, but it's fascinating how they just accepted that, that shift. There was no question over it, and I'm sure that spirit prepared them for that. Yeah, I, well, my two older children are extremely psychic. I mean, sometimes they, sometimes they scare me with, with how good they are. And, um, I mean, a good example, one time my son, who's 12 years old, um, he, he used to love Power Rangers. And so one day when he was at school, my mother calls and she says, you know, I got him this Power Ranger that he wanted and just don't tell him because I want it to be a surprise. So I'm not going to say anything, you know. My son comes home the next morning. He gets up. He comes down the stairs with a, with a smile on his face, like almost like he was up to no good. And I mm-hmm. said, what are you smiling about? He goes, I know what Grandma got me for my birthday. And I said, really, what did she get you? And he rattled off the name of the Power Ranger. And my mouth just dropped. And I said, how did how did you know he goes? Because her father and mother told me. Now, my grandparents have been deceased for years. He never even met them. And I said, really, Michael? And, I, you know, well, what did they look like? He said, well, sometimes they speak in English, but I can't understand when they don't speak in English. You know, they'll see. I think it's Spanish. He says, but, you know, your grandfather likes to smoke his cigars, and now my room stinks. And, I mean, these are all things. These, he couldn't have known. He could not have known. So I called my mother and I said, you know, you might want to have a talk with them because they're telling him, you know, this was supposed to be a surprise. So they, you know, I was not just accepting, but they, they are experiencing it themselves. I mean, there are times we, we had a house where it was, you know, it was extremely, an extremely active house. And there were, it, it was almost like the, the, it was almost like Grand Central Station. I mean, a lot of them never stayed. They were just sort of passing through. But there were times they would come downstairs and say, Mom, there's something in my room. You need to go handle that. <laughs> you know, or my guitar just started playing by itself. There's somebody in there you need to go handle. I'm freaked out, you know. So I kind of, I, I started them off with giving them a crash course in, in smudging. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what you do. This is how you do it, you know. And so, I mean, they, I don't think they, that children, children learn what they live. And if they are raised, learning how to hate, then they're going to hate. If they're raised learning how to love and accept, they're going to love and accept. And, if, you know, if they're raised exposed to different people, different cultures, different practices, they're going to embrace that and they're going to come up with their own their own decisions about it. Absolutely. So, okay, so when we spoke um, last time, we were, we were talking about um, you had a witch's ball coming up. How did it go? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, we had a good time. My date was the Headless Horseman. <laughs> um, we had the belly dancers from Tribal Dance Long Island and Caravan Connection. They are amazing. Um, and they gave a wonderful performance. They're going to be joining us again this year. Um, and last year's, we, there's a theme every year. Last year's theme was um, Victorian Secrets. This year's theme is Day of the Dead. Um, and this year, the, the location of the ball is actually right up the street from Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be wow. a lot of fun. How many people yeah, attended? Yeah, we, we have a good time. How many people attended? You know what? I really don't know. I really don't. I mean, I know it was it was full. 
It was definitely full. Um, I think it was somewhere up for the first year. It was like 60 or 70. I mean, we had booked a relatively small room because it was the first year. Yeah. This year we expanded the space. I mean, we're, we're already selling tickets to the That's ball. Amazing. So. 60 and 70. Yeah. Year. First year. Yeah, last Very- year. Because the festival includes, last year it included a se- one day, one night seance, um, a one day psychic fair, and the witch's ball. This year, the seance is two days, two, two evenings, excuse me. The psychic fair is two days, and the witch's ball is obviously one day, but we also incorporated workshops this year. Um, so we have magic with henna, candle magic, learning the tarot, um, ghost hunting 101. We have all kinds of workshops this year that we incorporate. Next year, we're doing, we're, we're adding something else as well. That's a surprise. And we expanded the same too for the for the psychic fair as well. I mean, we tripled the size for the psychic fair. We had over six hundred people come through the door last year. I'm feeling a little bit disappointed that in the UK we have village halls with a few mediums scattered in corners um, doing their readings, and that's what they call a psychic fair. Mm-hmm. So, feeling a bit disappointed that we don't quite have the um, the level of passion, I think, in terms of events for mediumship, psychics, and, um, you know, generally, um, differences. We, we just don't do that here. It's a shame. Well, I mean, I, I started Festival of Witches and Sleepy Hollow to bridge the gap between the pagan and witch community and, for lack of a better word, the mundane community. I mean, mundane in the nicest way. I'm talking, you know, the, those who are not magical practitioners or, you know, um, and it's been really great. We had a Beltane Festival this year that we did as well, and um, I mean, that's really the goal is education and bringing those communities together, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's there's it's not circusy. It's not, um, there's nothing scary. Uh, it's family-friendly. All my, all my events are family-friendly. I mean, I have children, too, so, I mean, I get a lot of questions about the Beltane Festival, you know, can we bring our kids? And I said, absolutely, because my kids will be, you know, my two older children are, are actually working the festival. So, um, that, that brings know, Crystal, that brings me really nicely to, um, to I suppose, I, mean, I, I I'm not au fait with everything that goes on, obviously, in, in, in the news in, in the U.S. And, and Canada, but there is a lot of controversy at the moment, isn't there, around witches and... Um, these the, the killings and the blaming of witches for that. So how how do you how is that affecting things like that you're trying to do like the balls and all of those things? Well, we we had a recent um, thing happen here where in the states where um, there there was a triple murder and yeah. uh, it was the murder happened on the blue moon. Okay, now the blue moon is, is the second moon in a month. Okay, it only happens yep. every so often. And one of the suspects happened to be, or proclaimed to be, allegedly Wiccan. So the police department automatically assumed that it was a ritual killing done by Wiccans, and because of the way the bodies were placed and because it was on a, a full moon and a blue moon, that it had to have been a ritual killing. And a yeah. lot of people, you know, a lot of people with voices that are are figures in the community spoke up, and I, I was among them. 
and said, this is not, <laughs> this is not the act of, of Wiccan. So I am not Wiccan, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who are. And this was, this was the act of somebody who was crazy. And this is just not, you know, I think it's very quick to, you know, it's, it's easy to blame what you don't know. You know, and, and that's where fear comes from. Fear comes from the unknown. So mm-hmm. you have somebody that, that portrays witches and, and other groups in a certain way because it's Hollywood and because that's what sells. And it's our job to, you know, negate that. Has that had an impact on the events that you, you host? It, it hasn't impacted it at all. Um, I mean, I, I am out there in the community. I mean, it's, it's almost very rare to see me out in town. Um, and when I am, it's one of two reactions. Either people are driving by honking and, and screaming out my name, and I don't know them, <laughs> or yeah. people get very quiet and they back up and they just watch to see what I'm going to do, you know. So as far as the events go, um, it hasn't affected uh, the events. It's actually drawn more people to it. Um, it's, it's really all about accountability and how you conduct yourself. I know last year the town was sort of like, okay, well, let's just watch and see what she does. And then this year, you know, those I, I emailed her or spoke with on the phone made it a point to come up to the tent during the town festival to formally introduce themselves. So, um, you know, it goes back to accountability, too, and how you conduct yourself. And, I mean, I do, I do a lot with um, community and with charity. I, do, I, do run the, I run the Black Hat Society. And the Black Hat Society, uh, it's, it's a community-based organization. It's a bunch of witches from different, you know, paths. And we do community service. We, uh, we do fundraisers for the, the food pantry. We do fundraisers for the local children's hospital. We actually have committees, Earth, Air, Fire, Water, and Spirit. So the Earth Committee is in charge of, like, beautification or planting flowers in certain areas of town, um, picking up litter, that kind of thing. You yeah. know, air has to do with air quality. Water has to do with water quality. Spirit, it, and fire, the fire committee, we help with the fire department. So, but the spirit committee, committee is about people. And that's where, you know, those charities come into play and those fundraisers come into play and the money is given for, like, the children's hospital to, to improve programs. Um, and a food pantry, we do a food drive and a coat drive. So... Um, you know, it's like I said, really about if you, if you have a hard reputation, and this goes with any anybody, not just a witch. Um, I mean, if you look at Westboro Baptist Church, and I'm not trying to slam any churches, but they have a reputation for picketing the funerals of children, and they have a reputation for picketing the funerals of soldiers, and that's yeah. their reputation. And by you know, because of that, not too many people are happy with them. So, if mm-hmm. I were doing something like that to others. Um, and those who, who work with me, if they were doing those types of things, we wouldn't be like either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, and then you have the show, too. I mean, the show's a big hit. That draws a lot of people to Sleepy Hollow. And when the moment somebody realizes, oh, there's real witches here, they kind of want to find out what that's about. So... When we were talking last time, you mentioned about, um, you know, if somebody did something to you that was adverse and had an impact, then you may well... Um, in your, in your witch's life, I suppose, 
um, cast a hex or a spell that would um, um, I can't remember the words you use Crystal and I don't I certainly don't want to misquote you so um, but just that nature of casting a spell or a hex against somebody else that gives a quite a negative connotation of, of a witch so when people jump to those conclusions about Wiccans and etc that's it's fairly understandable in some ways would you agree I, I do. I agree with that. Um, well, part of the problem is, is there's a lot of confusion out there. I mean, I, I had Dave Schrader from Darkness Radio ask me the question, you're a witch. Do witches, you know, hex? Do they curse? Yeah. And I unapologetically said, yes, we do. And I, I fully expected to get backlash from that. And instead, I got a lot of a lot of feedback from people in emails and on Facebook saying, thank you for being honest. Because we do. But here's the thing. You know, like this goes back to what I was saying about Hollywood before. You know, you have, let's just paint a picture. You have a witch, you know, hiding out in the bushes that sees this young couple walking down the sidewalk in the park, madly in love. And just because, just because she decides she's going to hex them and one of them dies, okay? Like this is like the extreme, you know, Hollywood portrayal, okay? And maybe it's like a really silly one. But that's the idea that people, you know, witches that people have in their minds. Now, Witches don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, throw that proverbial banana peel in someone's path because I don't like the way they looked at me, or because, um, you know, they had something bad to say. Words are words. You know what I mean? It's, it's not. And, and for Wiccans, not all Wiccans are witches. Yeah. That's another thing a lot of people don't know. Not all Wiccans are witches. Not all of them, you know, cast. Some of them just worship the female deity. That's it. And they don't cast. So um, Wiccans teach love. They teach uh, a threefold law, meaning whatever you put out into the world is going to come back to you three times. And I'm using that term very loosely. I think it's often misrepresented, you know, misinterpreted and misrepresented. Um, and they also have a rule. You can do whatever you want as long as you're not harming anybody while you're doing it. And I yeah. think it's a really good line to have if you're starting out and you don't have a mentor. I was yeah. not raised that way and in and, and what my family taught and in what my family practiced. I was raised with eye for an eye. However, there has to be balance. So, and I was just explaining this to someone today um, before this interview. If I do a money spell, okay, and it works and I receive that money, I am yeah. then going to turn down the first chance that I get and do something good, whether it's donate money to the charity or, you know, give of myself and volunteer somewhere because it's about balance. So when you go back to hexing or cursing, there are, I'm not going to say that there aren't people out there who will just, you know, they get their knickers in a twist and will put something out there to harm whoever made them angry. Yeah, but they're the majority of witches won't do that. They won't yeah. do that. They really have to be justified, and because that does take a lot of energy to do, um, the repercussions can be severe. Um, you know, especially if there is no balance and they're not giving back in some way for what they're sending out. So, I mean, I, I can certainly appreciate the fear uh, that people, but it really isn't. You know, it isn't. Um, 
it isn't common practice. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if somebody came and harmed someone I love, would I do it? Absolutely. If yeah. somebody stole from me, might I do it? I might. Doesn't mean I would. I mean, I might do something not so much as a curse or a hex. I mean, it's all an interpretation, you know, of, of what you consider to be a curse. Yeah. Um, you know, I might do something to later on expose them. You know, that, that they, were, they would expose themselves or they would eventually yeah. get sloppy. And, you know, so I mean, like I said, it's all an interpretation. But don't let any witch get away with telling you that they don't curse. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you can... You turned to someone and said, you know, somebody made you angry and said, you know, you turned around and said, well, well, then I hope you break your leg. And then they turn around and, you know, two days later they're playing soccer and they twist their ankle. Yeah. It's the same concept. I mean, it's it's no different than, you know, people say, oh, you know, you cast. I said, well, you, you have you celebrate your birthday, right? Yes. I said, you have a cake? Yes. You have candles on that cake? Yeah. Do you make a wish before you blow out those candles? Well, yes. Well, then you just cast. Right. So... And- and that's into some sort of context, doesn't it, really, about what that entails. Uh-huh. Last time when we spoke again, you were talking about your mode of transport and how you wanted to buy what we would call here a hearse, a funeral car. Did you achieve that dream this year? I'm still looking for a hearse. <laughs> I'm actually going to be in two plays this year, and I'm borrowing a hearse, but I am looking for my own hearse. And I think my, my, my teenage daughter is probably going to be horrified when I finally get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know, the first question that's going to come out of her mouth, she's going to say, are you really going to drive me to school on that thing? That's going to be the first thing out of her mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. As you smile sweetly as a mother and say, yes, then you get. <laughs> Amazing. So when... when when do you think some of the things I have in the house that they wouldn't be shocked anymore with some of the things I want to do, you know? <laughs> well, Crystal, thank you so much for, for agreeing the interview. As I said before, I think, you know, you're you're living the person that you are, and I admire that greatly because so, so many people in life are restricted because of society values, beliefs, and rules and they, they don't feel they can be who they are, whether that whatever that means for somebody. And I'm, there are many yeah, different I went through it too. <laughs> for the record, I did. I went through that myself. And um, it, it really just comes down to a point where you have to decide whether you want to spend the rest of your days making everybody else happy while you're miserable or if you're going to be true to who you are and be happy yourself. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's... This is, this is, there's no curtain call. Definitely. I think there has to be our, our kind of final word, Crystal, that live life to the full, live it for who you are. And as long as you're not causing harm to other people, then what difference does it make? Just live and, and be happy and, and do what you can to support other people to do the same thing. I'm sure that's the message that you would also give. Um, thank you. Thank you so much again. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.